Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Good. It's great to see you all. It's Water Baptism Sunday. Is anybody excited? Amen. It's going to be great. At the end of the message today, we're going to be baptizing. We have five candidates over here that we're going to be baptizing. It's super exciting. Before we get to the continuation of our series this morning, I just want to make mention, um, and then anyone joining us online, just a little bit, a a change in our online streaming and what's going to be happening on uh, Sunday, November 20th. We're going to be live streaming the 9 a.m. service only on our same uh, platform that we've been using for the last two years, uh, Church Online. But then after that, after the 9 a.m. service, service is done, there will be um, a link on our website, and so the service will be available for the rest of the day and for the rest of the week, but on Thursday, um, sorry, from Wednesday of that week, the message only will be available. So if you want to get in, uh, if you're missing being here in the service, and this is for people watching online, after Wednesday, we will have the message only, and that will be on our YouTube channel. All right. As I mentioned, Water Baptism Sunday, and we are, um, this whole fall, we are the series that we have been talking about, Jesus the Disciple Maker. So important that we want to see ourselves, not just Christians in name only and not just converts, that Jesus has called us to be disciples, learners, and not just learners for a day, but lifelong learners. And that's what it means to be a disciple. And a part of that faith journey, as we say yes to Jesus, is water baptism. And so this is why we're celebrating this today. And if you are a follower of Jesus and you have never been water baptized, um, we have sign up available and you'll be able to sign up for our next water baptism. But it's just a natural place on our journey of faith. Jesus was water baptized. He talks to us about water baptism here in the Great Commission. I'm going to read this in a second. And it's just something we celebrate on our journey of faith. And faith is what we're going to be discussing today in our message. So as we have been setting our targets this fall, that we want to be the type of church that reaches people that are far from God, that don't have a relationship with God at all, and we can invite somebody to church with us, we can have a faith conversation, a spiritual conversation with somebody in our family, somebody in our neighborhood, somebody on the job. We want to be that type of church that we are proclaiming the good news. But when somebody says yes to Jesus, the journey doesn't stop there. We're not just waiting till we die, or we're not just waiting until Jesus returns, that we are, as I mentioned, supposed to be disciples, growers, moving to the image of Jesus. Romans chapter 8 tells us that we are all predestined to be moving to the image of Christ. We're not supposed to say the same. And as we grow, that means we have to change. We can't be thinking the same way all of the time. We can't just be taking in thoughts from the world, but we have to be changing those things and replacing those things with the thoughts of God's word as we move into the image of Jesus. So here is the great commission that we see in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And when we baptize our candidates today, this is what I will be saying And the reason I'm saying is because I'm not just making it up, but it's here in the Great Commission, and this is how we should baptize people. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we're called to make disciples. So for us to be able to make disciples, we have to be a disciple. And then to follow after the teachings of Jesus incorporate the teachings of Jesus, the scripture, into our lives, have that shape us, 
not whatever the world might say. So we've had opportunities all this fall to lean in to all of the growth opportunities that we have here at the church, and those have been all fantastic and great. And so one of the things that we've been talking about, discussing um, various indicators of discipleship, because if Jesus wants us to be disciples, we should know what it means to be a disciple. And one of those things is that we need to be disciplined, that we would be incorporate disciplines into our lives so that when things go sideways in our lives, and they will because we live in a broken world and we have an enemy, that there's going to be things that we face in our life, struggles that we face. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to stop following Jesus just because something negative happens in our lives or in the world. That we've incorporated these disciplines, these ways of thinking, these ways of acting, the practices that we have following God. So in all of that, we will be strong in God and not easily knocked off the way. So God wants us to grow, and as we grow, we will be healthy. We will be more healthy physically, spiritually, mentally, in every way as we move to the image of Christ. And we are righteous in a moment. We say yes to Jesus, that he changes our destiny forever. But the sanctification journey that we are on, sanctification just means set apart for the purposes of God, is a continuous thing. It's a daily thing, daily practices. So God wants us to be mature in him. And maturity, not just defined um, by length of years, but maturity defined by the scriptures that we would be strong in God, that we would be persistent, that we would have the joy of the Lord, that we would have God's wisdom, that we would have God's peace. And then as we've been mentioning, and such an important thing to think about, that spiritually mature people are unselfish. They're not just thinking about themselves. They're not just coming to church for the things that they they like and the things that they can do. They're coming to church to be part of the family. And when we're part of the family at church, we're thinking about who can I bless this morning? Who can I talk to this morning? Who can I smile at today? Who can I encourage as part of the family of God? The more we grow up, that's what we will see our church experience as. Who can I serve today? Who can I bless today? So in this series, we've talked about being formed in the context of family. We've been talking about house rules uh, for God's children. We're talking about loving one another. We talked about being devoted to God. We talked about repentance and how important that is. We talked about having an experience or an encounter with God. And then last week, we talked about doing good, being salt and light in the earth. So all of those messages are available on our podcast. And then through our YouTube page, you can catch up with us. But here, Isaiah 64, verse 8 says this, Yet you, O Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. So we want to be malleable in the hands of our Father God. We want to allow him to change us, to shape us in the image of Christ. And again, as we have been saying, and this is such an important concept to get a hold of, nobody is discipleship neutral. You are either being shaped by the world and the news and Netflix and all of our screens, or we are choosing to be shaped by God and his word and his ways, his eternal thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So we are being shaped and transformed into somebody's image. And God wants us to be intentional to move to the image of Christ. Now, last week, we read the scripture that by grace, we are saved through faith. 
It's not no works that we can do. And then we are saved for these good works. We focused on that uh, last week. But then we are saved by grace through faith. And this is what we're celebrating this morning uh, during water baptism, that people have chosen to put their faith in Jesus. And when we get water baptized, we are going public with that faith saying, I trust Jesus. I trust Jesus for my today. I trust Jesus for my eternity. Now, when we think about faith, uh, the the same type of word is believe, that I would have faith in something and I believe in something. Do you ever ask yourself the question, what do I believe in? And then the things that I believe in, why do I believe those things? Now, as I've told you many, many times, I am a, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, born and bred, raised as a Leafs fan, and I really struggle with anybody who is living, born in the GTA that cheers for the Montreal Canadiens. It's just, it's greats against my soul. And this is, it's an actual emotional response that is somebody posting in their Habs jersey. I'm like, bro, you live in Toronto, knock it off. (laughs) Now I know that I believe that. And I could trace it back to my dad's beliefs. I was raised to be a Leafs fan. There was no options. (laughs) And my life growing up was, I would go to bed based on where the Leaf game was. Now, back in the day, the Leaf game used to start at eight o'clock on Saturday. So originally I was able to stay up for one period and when I got a little bit older, I was able to stay up to the end of the second period. And then finally, when I had arrived, At the perfect age, I was able to stay up for the whole Leaf game. It's a beautiful day. (laughs) But again, we don't necessarily know that that's a good belief. It's just a belief that I have, and I know why I believe it, because my dad has trained me to believe it. And, you know, somebody who's not a sports fan, and you tell them, you know, how big of deal sports are to you. And then, you know, my, my daughters would ask me the question growing up, well, was everybody born in Toronto? I'm like, no, that's not the point, honey. <laughs> it's not the point that they were born in Toronto. They're wearing the jersey, the Maple Leaf jersey, the sacred jersey of Toronto, the Maple Leaf on your chest. But she'd be like, yeah, but right now, Austin Matthews is American. He's not even Canadian. And he's our favorite player because he's playing for the blue and whites. And all of this is irrational. All of our sports beliefs is just our guys are wearing our favorite jersey. That's it. They're all born in other places. And these beliefs that we have, a lot of times we don't examine why we believe what we believe. It's a lot of times it's just an emotional response. And then we get a little bit more serious about the things that are happening in the world that we could look at political situations. If we, if we're honest with ourselves, we have not done a deep dive into all of the beliefs of our political parties. Someone's like, Pastor Brett, you're treading out scary water right now. But we don't necessarily know why we believe what we believe. It's just an, an emotional response many times that we believe something. And all of these, sometimes these beliefs that we have are kind of surface level beliefs that a deeper question is, why am I living my life the way that I'm living it? Do do I know the source material for the things that I believe in? The ways that I'm acting, the words that I say, the, the things that I ascribe to? 
Because the scripture has a lot to say about faith, what we put our ultimate trust in, who we believe in, why do we believe what we believe? You know, one of the things that we see now happening, you know, in culture is that, you know, famous athletes and, and famous entertainers, that if, if they say the wrong thing, they have to, you know, they have to have a press release or they got to put out a tweet apologizing. They have to atone for their sins. Are you with me this morning? Now, why do we believe, or why is it accepted widely in culture, especially in the West, that somebody has to atone for their sins? Could it be maybe something to do with the scripture? That somebody has to make it right. The thing that you said was wrong. And it might not be ultimately wrong, it just might be wrong based on the culture we're living in today. But then they gotta atone, they gotta make it right, they gotta set it right. Again, this is a surface level thing, but what about deep in our lives? We know that we've all said and done things just as much as the athletes, the famous athletes who are atoning for their sins publicly and all the entertainers who are atoning for their sins. How could we possibly atone for all of the things that we've done wrong, all of the mistakes that we've made, all of the sins that we've committed? What do we believe deeply about that? When we think about faith, there's a big description of faith in the scripture. And the apostle Paul said, I have kept the faith, talking about this big category, the faith, faith in Jesus, faith in God. But then that needs to be an individual decision. We can't make that decision just because grandma followed Jesus, that we have to make that decision for ourselves. That individual decision is necessary. And when we see the full narratives of scripture, we see the story right from the beginning, right from the book of Genesis. The story is man messes up, man sins, and then God comes down to that situation and then makes a difference. And then we see again with Moses, and again we see with Abraham, and again we see with David that God comes down to the situations with broken humanity, all pointing to the fact that there is a Messiah coming who will save all mankind. This is the narrative. This is the story in the scripture. This is the thing that God is asking us to believe, to put our ultimate faith in, to put our trust in. And the question is, if we don't believe that, what are we believing about life? What do I believe about my life? Again, what, what is the, where can I trace all of my beliefs back to? But the story we see in the scripture just makes sense to us. Because we all here, if we're honest in this room, we know we fall short in so many different ways. But then the Messiah comes and saves us and atones for all of our sins. He makes it right for us. John chapter 20, verse 30 says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So why did John write his gospel? That you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that you would believe this, that you would accept this, that you would have faith in Jesus, that you would put your trust in Jesus. What are we trusting in? Who are we trusting in? 
for our today, for our eternity, for how we think, for how we talk, how we act. Here, John had a very specific thing, had a very specific reason after following Jesus and seeing all the miracles that he did. And then the final great miracle by being resurrected from the dead, John's like, I need to write this down. And the reason I'm writing this is I want you to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and that you and I, we're gonna have life in his name because we believe this, because we believe who God is and we believe who Jesus is, I experience life. We experience life as it was designed to be lived. What do we believe? That we would have life in his name. His name represents his character, his nature, his promises. So I'm not believing him. I'm not, I'm not just believing in what others say. I'm not, I'm not just believing in myself and what I can think of. I'm not just believing in ideas that come through on my phone, but I, I'm trusting God, putting my trust in God. Believe means to have a firm conviction, fully persuaded, to place confidence in, and then ultimately it means to trust. When I have faith in God, I'm having a trust-centered relationship with God. Faith is a relational term. This is what God is calling us to in Christ. John 6, verse 28 says this. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Again, because otherwise we're doing what we're always trying to do and see in culture. We're, we're trying to make it right. We're trying to atone for something. The world is not right. We, I'm not doing right things here. And how are we gonna make it right? I'm gonna believe in his name. John 3, 16, famous verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him, putting our trust in him, our faith in him, our reliance in him. Romans 1:17 says, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in who? Righteous right standing with God. And then I'm living by faith. I'm putting my trust in God daily. I'm not just relying what I can think of. I'm actually relying on God. See, when I place my whole life in God's hands, I have a brand new foundation. And then I am considering God trustworthy, putting my faith in him. I trust him. Trust is expressed through committed relationship. I trust my wife implicitly. I, I'm committed to her. I have faith in her. I have faith in her character and her nature and who she is as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. I trust her. I have faith in her. 
And there's people in our lives that we can think of that who we trust. But how about God? Can we trust God? Is God worthy of our trust, our belief, our faith? And when we put our faith in God, think about how much that changes us. See, when we put our faith in God, our reliance on God, God produces in us strength. Isaiah 41.10 says this, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here in this faith-filled relationship with God, that God's strength becomes our own. And don't we think his strength is big? It's mighty, it's powerful, but in this relationship that he's with us, I don't have to be afraid. He says he will strengthen us. A person of faith is a faithful person. Kind of seems silly, but when you have faith, that means you're faithful. What does that mean? When we continue to put our faith in the trustworthy God, that changes us. It sanctifies us and it should create in us faithfulness, that we should be a faithful person, that we should be a trustworthy person. Are you here this morning? Are you a trustworthy person? Can your boss trust you? Can you trust your employees? Trust, I'm putting my faith in you. I'll be there when I say I'll be there. Don't you like people that like that? Hey, I'll be there, and then they're there. What are they? They're faithful. We need to be faithful. Why? Because God is faithful. Sanctified, changed into the image of God. First Corinthians chapter one, verse nine. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we are in fellowship with Jesus who is faithful. Faithful to go to the cross for us, to sacrifice himself for us. Faithful. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We serve a faithful God. And finally this, beyond just the what we believe, who do we believe in? Because again, all of the things that we believe today, the ideas that we would have, and we can trace them back to somebody, something, can we trust that person? And we know that God is faithful. We can put our trust in him. Romans 10, nine and 10. This is something that all of our candidates have done today. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. That means made right. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Believe in our heart. Heart's just not talking about the physical organ that is our blood pump. A heart is the seat of authority of our lives, the center of us. With my heart, I say Jesus is Lord. 
that I'm giving ownership, I'm giving rulership over to him, that I'm yielding myself completely to this faithful, strength-filled God. Man, and that changes us, transforms us. Before we continue on, this morning we're gonna dismiss our candidates. You guys can go get ready to be baptized. That this is the scripture we talk about every week when we're talking about saying yes to Jesus. And how is it that we get saved? We declare Jesus is Lord. That I'm putting my ultimate trust in him for today and for eternity. I'm believing that God raised him from the dead because it's with our heart. We believe and are justified. We believe, we accept, we say yes, we put our faith in Jesus. So if you've never done that this morning, today is your day. And it's so easy just to do this, just to take a moment and say yes to Jesus. So if you're here this morning and you have never said yes to Jesus, or if you're here this morning and you, you, know, you feel like you used to be close to God and you kind of have wandered away from him, you know, God is not mad at you today. God invites you close to himself again. And I'm gonna pray a prayer very similar to these verses. It just helps us to say yes to Jesus. So church, we're all gonna bow our heads and close our eyes. And we're gonna help those people that are maybe praying this for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life, died on the cross. And God, you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So Jesus, I call you my Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. God, I call you my father today. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you that I am saved today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate those that did that today for the first time. Hey, if that is you this morning, uh, we congratulate you. We actually have some materials that we would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. This is just a one-time moment. But as we've been talking about, Jesus has called us to be disciples. So we have some materials, some books that we would love to give you that will help you start on your discipleship journey. If you just head to the info desk in the lobby, one of our team members will be happy to give you those materials. Or if you're watching us online today, if you email us at info at thecitychurch.ca, we will be happy to get those materials into your hands. All right, we are gonna start baptisms here in a second. But if you are new or visiting and you're not sure what baptism is, let me just explain it to you real quick. Baptism is a celebration. It's a celebration of faith. And what we do, what we are telling the story when people, the candidates get baptized today, the story that they are telling as they go under the water is that they have died with Christ. And then when they come up out of the water, they're saying that they are risen to new life in Christ. When they go under the water, they're saying that their sins are washed away. And then they're coming up clean and forgiven. And they're saying that they're declaring publicly that they are putting 
their faith in Jesus. And this is a great celebration today. So what, when we have a great celebration, when the Leafs, the only righteous team out there, <laughs> when the Leafs score, the, you know, the stadium is filled with people, they are cheering and they are exciting because of what has been done. So let's do a practice run today. When somebody comes up out of the water, we're celebrating their faith. What are we gonna sound like? Exactly, because these are our family members getting baptized today. We are celebrating with them. We are so excited about this baptism morning. So we are gonna get started today with our first candidate. Who's coming out first? Who's the bold one? Awesome. Awesome. So first up, we have Salukes. He has been attending the city church for about six months. A fun fact about him is his name is actually a combination of two Latin words, salt and light, as in salt and light of the world. He said that when he isn't alone in prayer, he will feel a physical presence of God and he will feel him when reading and meditating on scriptures. He'll suddenly have revelations on what the words mean in a spiritual context and how it applies to him specifically as if someone is preaching it to him very clearly. Growing up in the Roman Catholic Church, he was baptized as a child. But with the knowledge that he now has acquired from the Bible and what it says about baptism, as well as Pastor Brent's teachings, it became clear to him that he had to make his own decision to be baptized. So let's celebrate with him today. So good. Love that. That's some great disciplines right there. And salt and light, how great is that name? So good. Salukes, according to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him all the days of your life, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Up next, we have Essay. She has been attending the City Church for about six months now. She is joined on stage today by her sisters and brother. She loves the outdoors, hanging out with friends and family, and she loves to cook and try out different recipes. She shared that she sees God working in all the little things. She said that recently she was in an unhealthy work situation, but God helped her not only by removing her from that situation, but her company actually created a new position for her. She has always wanted to get baptized, but never had the opportunity. So when she heard our baptism announcement, she decided to sign up. So let's celebrate with Essay this yeah. morning. Essay, according to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him all the days of your life, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So good. Don't forget your slippers, you need those. <laughs> awesome, next up we have Tomini. So if Tomini's parents are here, you guys are welcome to join us awesome. on stage. Tomini has been attending the City Church for about nine years. Her parents and brother are joining her on stage today. Awesome. 
Tomini is in grade seven and enjoys writing, reading, playing volleyball, and basketball. Her favorite things about the City Church are the fun and friendly competitions they play in youth and the music. She says that being Christian has helped her to feel better with the knowledge that she doesn't know everything, but at the end of the day, God does, and she is in loving hands. She says that baptism is another stepping stone on her journey with Jesus and is excited to get baptized today. Hey, so good, so good. That is good preaching right there. We are in God's loving hands, amen? So good. Tomini, with your family, and according to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him all the days of your life, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Up next, we have Timmy, who is siblings with Tomini. Yes. Who was just baptized. And he has also been attending the City Church for about nine years. His parents and sister are joining him on stage today. He likes to code. He likes to draw. He likes to read. And he likes playing soccer with his friends at school. His favorite thing about the City Church is the music and the Bible study videos from his class. He said he knew he wanted to get baptized after reading the Bible in his room and learning more about Jesus and the things he has done. He wants to get baptized today to be closer to Jesus. So let's give it up Love for Timmy. It. <laughs> so good. It's great to have siblings back to back. Parents, bring your kids to church. Amen. They put their faith in Jesus. So good. Timmy, according to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him all the days of your life, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So good. So bless you guys. Awesome. Next, we have Crystal. So her family is welcome to join up stage with her. She has been attending the City Church for three years now, and she's going to be joined on stage by her husband and friends. Yes. She described a big moment where she knew God was working in her life when she was planning her wedding in the height of the pandemic back in 2020. <laughs> One of the first books in the Bible that her and her husband read together when they were dating was the book of James. They went back to it and relied heavily on its teachings. She learned to lean on God and ask him for guidance, encouragement, and patience. In the end, God provided her more than what she expected and they were able to get married on their original wedding date in 2020. Nice. She says she wants to get baptized today because God has made such a big difference in her life and it is worth celebrating. So let's celebrate with her. So good. You know, one, one of the great things about baptism, like physically, we could all just baptize ourselves in our bathtub, right? But what baptism is all about is about having family, blood family, and then spiritual family, and then just coming together and just celebrating all that God is doing in somebody's life in our family. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. Crystal, according to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him all the days of your life, we now baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Good. 
<laughs> Thanks, guys. Our last candidate for this morning is Matty. She's been going to the City Church for four months now. Yes. She likes to go on long walks, and she used to take part in a radio show for work. The things she loves most about our church are the worship and the people. And she has a testimony that she wants to share. She says that she had a difficult pregnancy, and her doctor said she would lose the baby, but she is eight years old today. Yeah. She says that she grew up as a Christian and is deciding to dedicate herself in baptism this morning. So good. Matty, according to your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him all the days of your life, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hey, that's great, isn't it? And we had five there, and then we have eight more people getting baptized in our second service, which is super exciting. Our team is actually going to lead us in one more song this morning. So we're going to wait for them to get on the stage here, especially Nehemiah's got to get hooked on those drums. This is what doing the Great Commission is all about, friends. Somebody's just been coming to our church for four months or six months. A young person who's saying, yes, I follow Jesus. This is the great, beautiful thing, being a part of the family of God. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Let's all stand up together. Are we ready to go? Yes.
great day to be in church. Just a couple reminders for you. Um, if you are a follower of Jesus and you think, you know what, I need to get water baptized, we actually have a sign-up sheet for you right outside the doors. You can sign up for our next next time, which will be actually in uh, 2023. But get signed up today. If, if you, you know, God was stirring something in your heart, I need to get baptized, I need to tell my story of faith, please sign up right after service. And then also, if you came to church this morning hoping to have somebody to pray with you or for you, some of our church leaders will be up here at the front at the stage immediately after service is missed. They're moving right now. So if you would like someone to agree with you in prayer about any situation, they are up here and they will be happy to agree with you about any situation or circumstance. Thank you for coming to church today. Have a great afternoon. You are dismissed.